Before we get started here, folks, we have to talk about Don Kilvo. Who's Don Kilvo? Well, he's our first Patreon supporter. What's a Patreon, you might ask? Patreon is a membership-based platform that allows people to financially support podcasts. Don Kilvo, how has been your time as a Patreon supporter? Awesome. How did you like the early access to episodes? Awesome. The exclusive content? Awesome. What about our video call over beers? Fucking awesome. He sounds convinced. If you are unable to support the podcast financially, we would greatly appreciate you leaving us a five-star review, a comment, and sharing two beers till takeoff with your friends. Now, let's get into the show. Fucking awesome. And he's got like his hand in his pocket and he's like reaching in. And I start to see him kind of pull out a baggie, but I thought I saw something else, which looked like it could be a knife. What's up, nomads? Welcome to your new favorite travel podcast, Two Beers Till Takeoff. The podcast that delivers expert knowledge, the information you won't get in your guidebook, and a story that's guaranteed to make you say, what the fuck, or your money back. Sid, you know our episodes are free, right? What's up, everybody, and welcome to Two Beers Still Take Off. You're here with your hosts, Big Sid and Phil. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, seeing as we've just spoken about this with the, with the followers, what was your last travel destination? So my big travel destination was in 2018. Or sorry, it was 2019. And it was my mom's 50th birthday. So my mom, my girlfriend's mom and my girlfriend, we all went to Croatia for a month. We also did Montenegro oh, wow. while we were there. Yeah. And we, uh, we finished our, our trip in, in Ireland. So we did um, like, uh, we did like Dublin. We did like Cliffs of Moher. It was, uh, it, it was really awesome. Like to, just to have a month off, it's, you know, sometimes if you take a vacation and you're only there for, let's say a week or two, Sometimes you don't have that opportunity to disconnect and really be able to get into vacation mode. And I felt like a month was a really appropriate number of appropriate amount of time to not be thinking about work and to create a new normal where you're just on vacay mode. Of course, man. Sometimes you need that time, that, that, that extra length, that extra period of time. Like the last nice trip that, that we took, me, me and Amanda... We we hit up. I think it was thirteen countries in six weeks or something like that. And I think the last the last one I think was Palestine. Oh yeah. Where did it start and where did it end? Because that's that's a that's a big trip. That's not something that most people do. Uh, we st- we 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 started in Portugal, where we were living at the time, and it, 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 we 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 were just booking cheap flights one after another after another to see where we ended up. <laughs> so obviously it ended back in Portugal, so we could go home. But I mean, like. It, it, it was just like, we were just following the Ryanair Wizz Air route. Just wherever the cheapest flights were going, we were going with them. And I think the last new place we visited on that trip was Palestine. It was, uh, you know, like, I don't know if I've got a specific story for Palestine or anything, but it was really interesting. You know, I don't want to get into a fight about international borders or politics or anything like that. But it's quite, no, but it's quite like a, a, a neglected place. But at the same time, it, like, the church we went to there was the birthplace of Jesus Christ, apparently. JC. I mean, that's a huge deal. It was, yeah, JC, the guy was a carpenter getting to fix my doors. <laughs> so uh, how was Palestine? Was it a safe place to be? No, I don't think so. Like we went into one of the churches after we'd been to the church of the birthplace of Jesus Christ. We went into another one 
which was well known as like a historical site. And we got followed in by this gangster. And I mean, he got like, I say gangster, I don't know what he did, but he had the teardrop tattoos. <laughs> he, had the Shri- he had the Sri Lanka tattoos coming <laughs> off his eye, yeah? And he, he, he went to follow us in, but he didn't get allowed into the church because there were guards and stuff. And so when we were like thinking about it, we, we went to go duck out the exit. And we're like, oh, fuck, he's, there he is. So what we did was we ducked out the entrance because he'd followed us. He was sitting there waiting for us to come follow us to our next stop. He was like, oh, yeah, come in my car, come in my car. I'm going to come drive you to a spot that the tourists don't go to. No, man, like, I wanted to see Palestine, but not like that. Like, we, we, we ducked the fuck out of there, yeah. We managed to find this little shop that was selling beers. Never thought we'd find a shop that was selling beers in Palestine. Got a couple of the shepherds in. Shepherd was the name of the beer, a couple of shepherds. Went into the main square, polished off our shepherds and got the bus back to fucking Israel because that was the that was the amount of patience I had for, for Palestine. Like it was nice, it was interesting. I, I thought because it was a Muslim country wouldn't have stuck you around. Have, like, they wouldn't sell alcohol. Yeah, well, that's, we didn't expect to get beers there or anything, you know. And it was probably because of the issues they have with Israel and stuff. Like it was very it's a poor country and it was obvious it was poor. There was a lot of people asking us for money, begging for money. And like, I don't mind to give people money and stuff, you know, but it, they, they were very forward about it, very upfront. Like people weren't shy about coming up to you, which was a shame. I enjoyed the country or the bits of it that we saw, but that was just a little bit of a downer, like that people had to come up to us and stuff, you know. Like that shouldn't happen, but that's not really down to me whether it happens or not. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I think that's a very unique place. <laughs> I don't feel like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, my last country I went before COVID was uh, <laughs> Palestine. But so so where was where is your next destination after COVID's all over? Next? Uh, you know, I've been I've been tossing up between two. Like I'm really torn between China or Japan. I think it. It depends on flights. Like I really wanted to go to the Far East for a long time. You know, like Jap- Japan, Japanese culture, it's a big deal here in Sao Paulo. So it would be nice to go and see it for real. But also like J- China's a really interesting country, you know. Like it's so diverse, so big, there's a lot going on. You know, you could easily spend a month or so there. I think it depends on flights maybe, I guess. Well, and what about you? Where, where, where are you heading after this is done? So I, I guess not too far from where you, where, where you're where you're thinking about. Sorry, the answer should be anywhere. <laughs> if you if you contain me, I want to go fucking anywhere. I don't care where I go. But if I were were to choose, it would be uh, probably Southeast Asia. Um, I think it's a place that like we were just talking about how you how if you have a longer time off, you're able to disconnect and forget about your own what, what's going on in your in, in real life and 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 just travel and enjoy yourself and also i think southeast asia comes at a really good price point where you're able to be a quote-unquote rich person just based on how our currencies are different i've known people that have gone to southeast asia and in some parts they've gotten like five-star hotels for like half the price you would pay at a normal hotel in Canada. So it just feels like I can get way more bang for my buck. I think also in Southeast Asia, one, one of the things that really attracts me is the, the street food, the, the different food cultures. And just the fact that like there's beaches, it's hot. And I guess where I, where I would probably want to start off is, is probably like a Thailand or, or maybe like a Vietnam, just based on the, the conversations that we've had uh, talking about that region. 
think I think Southeast Asia is a little bit like this. You know, if you, if you go to a new place, right, it's new for you. But the thing with Southeast Asia is it's like you're new here and you're welcome. Everything is completely different. But fuck, it's here and it's available. Like it, it, there are no complications with it as a, a as an area. You know, it's not like, for example, as somebody who's done a lot of different trips in different continents, like it's not like Eastern Europe. You know, we're reasonably similar. Western Europe, where things are just like home. South America, you know, where you're maybe not quite, you're not quite got. No, it's not so much comforts as that you've got to go and find the differences for yourself. You've got to go and experience the different attractions, the different parts of the culture. The different. It's like in Southeast Asia, things are given to you. Like right. Go and enjoy this, you know. It's so well set up for tourists. Like, if you're going to go do a big trip, if you've got one choice, it completely makes sense. Yeah, and it seems like the, there's, there is a beaten path. It's not a place that is foreign to tourist, tourism. So it's definitely a place that is, is established. And, you know, you have the bus routes, you have the trains, you have the, you know, the flights. I guess in another one, I'll just throw this one, is Philippines. Because my name is Phil, and I feel like, I might be treated like royalty over there. I hope, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the Philippines is technically Southeast Asia, but yeah, I get, I get, I get where you're coming <laughs> from with this. I mean, yeah. I think the, the thing that I love about the Philippines as well is that picture going around on the internet. Maybe you've seen it at some point. The rum is actually cheaper than the Coke. So it's cheaper to get a double rum than it is a single rum and Coke. <laughs> I, I, I could live with that. Well, it makes any breakfast worthwhile, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love a couple double runs right now oh and today we have a huge guest and we're really excited to host him further ado let's meet our first guest today's guest is a touring canadian stand-up comedian that has recently been recognized as one of toronto's top social media influencers he's absolutely killing it as a content creator and has gained followers which include celebrities professional hockey players and the popular hockey podcast spit and chicklets you can catch him on the YouTube show Famous News or his podcast Beauty Sauce. Most recently, he surpassed Avril Lavigne as the pride and joy of Napanee, Ontario. <laughs> what an accomplishment. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Canada's biggest beauty, Rick fucking Rowley. Oh my God, buddy, what an intro right there. I was trying to channel my inner RA. No, you know what, man? I don't think, I don't think I've ever gotten an intro that good uh, so far. Like, not even like my parents give me that type of credit so i'll take that (laughs) (laughs) fucking right well yeah just having just having mentioned all the stuff that you that you're doing like do you ever sleep uh i don't know but i mean it's it's pretty crazy right now yeah like uh because uh working uh with just joining youtube and kind of working on the famous news so i'm just like really invested with that job i'm writing scripts for them talking about pop culture all the time but my real passion sports right so i spend probably about you know 20 30 hours a week there like whether it's recording podcasts uh filming trying to film as much content as possible uh trying to start some more stuff up on youtube and twitter grow the streams there and fuck at the end of the day (laughs) not much bud but i got the smelling salts to help me you know (laughs) I, I, I like this. The guy already doesn't sleep and he's still talking about starting more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just, I just love it, man. I mean, I was a comedian for like eight, nine years and I never understood the importance of social media. Like I got more exposure probably in like 24 hours doing content creating 
than I did like eight years doing stand-up. It's wild. And most stand-up comedians just don't utilize their social medias. And I don't fucking know why. But yeah, I'm not chirping. It's just like, it's something to really think about. Like, especially because no comedy shows are happening, right? So he's, he's, he's chirping. Come at us, other comedians. <laughs> I got a few chirps, yeah. So just on the, on the social media uh, topic, who's someone that followed you? You're like, holy fuck, like, boys, I've made it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, to, to be fair, like, I've been doing this about a year and a half. I think some of the bigger ones was, like, spitting chiclets because, like, yeah, they only – and they were, like – like, they only follow, like, a, a, like, mostly hockey players and then, like, me – but they, but they were posting a lot of my stuff early. Uh, Biz Nasty, that was kind of beauty. Like every once in a while, he'll he'll drop a line on like one of my videos and shit. Probably one of the craziest though was uh, was Kevin Connolly from Entourage. If you remember him, yeah, yeah, he's E, yeah, yeah, E. So yeah, yeah. I'm doing an I'm doing an Islanders roast, and somebody just tags him, and I didn't like I didn't even like know like the power of like social media so then all of a sudden he starts commenting on the video and he DMs me I'm like oh bud it's like I'm about to get fucking chewed out by E from Hunter I was just gonna be like who's this nobody and he just DMs me and he's like buddy I love this roast now do the Rangers because he hates the the Rangers right so then he asked me if I want to start um roasting some of the missing curfew boys which is a new podcast and I think that thing's just gonna blow up like sooner than later it's got like you know scotty upshaw uh shane o'brien jimmy hayes they're all well connected with nhls and they they played together for a long time so they just got great stories so he got me to roast those boys which is weird because i'm like man i used to like plays these guys in like fucking nhl right <laughs> trading <laughs> for them and shit yeah 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 and then they just, needed like, a they fourth line like, they, they loved it so they've kind of like dm'd me and been like hey like uh, they, they've also brought me up on their podcast, which was like huge. Like they've literally talked about me on there. And I was like at the grocery store, just doing shopping. And all of a sudden I'm hearing like Shane O'Brien, Scotty Upshaw calling me a legend. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking national league right there. So yeah, no, I, I mean, they're, they're great guys. And that led to like more NHLers follow me. I don't know the exact number, but I'd say it's probably about that I know of. Like I recognize some names and usually if I see them, I'll fall back, but it's probably like at least like. 50 NHLers that like former or current that follow me could be more I'm not entirely sure that's 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 great man yeah so, I, I trying man hockey and like and and vlogging I think kind of from a fan's point of view is sort of what I'm trying to go with so just just on spitting chiclets yeah like yeah. that that's a huge one because I mean I don't like I don't fucking know the rules of hockey I don't yeah. know anyone that watches hockey except you Phil <laughs> I'm from the other side of the pond. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, the pond. But, but I still listen to spitting. I still li I still listen to spitting chicklets, man. They're entertaining as fuck. They're really good. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, they were kind of the first guys to just sort of jump in and like be like, "Hey, hockey players have like personalities and shit. Like, let's talk about it." And you know, that's why I love like missing curfew. I always pump hockey pods because. You know, NHLers, as you say, we don't get as much exposure across the pond like some of those footballers out there, eh? Like, everyone knows Foot them. <laughs> knows how I said footballers, eh? The kid knows. So, yeah, we... Yeah, what on, son? Yeah, we... Athletes, like, hockey players are, are beauties, too, and, like, it's always kind of frowned upon. They don't, they don't really market their personalities, but, man, the more the merrier, I always say. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. I remember when you showed it to me, Phil. We were on the bus. We were on the bus somewhere here in Brazil. I think we were going up to Salvador, 
It feels like, oh, listen to this with me. And it, they had some one of the old players on, and the guy had torn his right ACL. Yeah. And he was still playing. And he was kept playing until he tore his left ACL as well. And he was trying to play on with both fucking torn ACLs. It's incredible. Oh, yeah, dude. There's, like, famous stories about, like, Bobby Bond for, like, this is going way back. But before the Leafs, like, won their cup. Like, we haven't won a cup in, like, over 50 years. The guy just, you know, tapes his leg and then scores a Stanley Cup winning goal. You got, like, Guy Lafleur who's, who hacked a pack of darts, like, like in the middle of the game. Like, we got beauties in hockey, bro. It's just not a lot of people talk about it, right? It just seems also that like compare and contrasting football and hockey that like in hockey, you don't ever show that you're hurt. Right. Whereas no. in football, it happens, you know, you do it to draw a penalty. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to rip on any other. Like, I, I like all sports, so I'm not really here to chirp. Others, like, maybe I play up that I'm like a hockey player and it's better than like other sports. I, I love watching sports, but like basketball players, like when I started hearing about like load management <laughs> and you're hearing like NBA players taking nights off, and and you're just like you play 48 minutes a, a game, and then on top of that too, like you'll catch like some of their players like at peeler bars, like when they're supposed to be on load management. You're like, come on, like hockey players will go out. What load are you talking of, about? Yeah, they'll scrap <laughs> and, and then go out. I'm gonna have to ask this question a lot of times tonight. I think. Yeah. What's a peeler bar? Somebody needs to somebody needs to translate for me. It's a certain type of bar that uh, gentlemen uh, frequent, right, Phil? Oh, okay. they feel certain things on their body. Yes. So, anyways, but they'll fight. Like hockey players will fight, and they'll go out literally to the bars like later that night. So, in my opinion, hockey players are the toughest athletes in the world by far. Absolutely. So just on this, on the staying on the social media uh, topic, I imagine that there's some downsides to having so many followers. Like I can't even imagine how many friggin' notifications you get. Yeah. So how can you find a balance all while not losing, you know, that consistency that seems to be that people are looking for for in, in, in social influencers? Yeah. Well, I sort of kind of ran into the issue a little bit where I almost kind of like, you know, I didn't really blow up to like a level that was like you know, super huge, but I blew up pretty early on. Like it was literally my second hockey video that like all of a sudden made it on like barstool sports and spitting chicklets. So I kind of went the opposite way where it was like, I got like a lot of exposure early on. And, and I think the problem that I had was that I was spending too much time, like thinking about what other people would think is funny. Like what maybe like, Hey, how do I get posted on spitting chicklets? I mean, they post me like four times, on their Instagram, Twitter, like all their shit, like literally in like me, like the first two months of me doing content. But then it's like, okay, fast forward like a year later now, it's like, you know, and those guys are still great. Like I, Grinelli wrote like an article uh, about me like fairly recently and said I was one of the like best hockey accounts. So like, great, but you know, do I need to kind of like, get fans from them and be like, Hey, I'm here. Or how about making stuff that you like? And I would say that that's probably the most important thing. It, it's it's going to kind of involve taking chances a little bit because for instance, I am a stand up comedian as much as I love hockey. When I, when I do stand up comedy, I don't talk about hockey. Like I have a life outside of it. So now I'm trying to kind of show um, other people, my other side of me too. Cause the truth is, I mean, I think at least, and other people tell me I'm somewhat of an entertaining person, so maybe I just don't need to do 
for instance, like hockey chirps or hockey reaction videos anymore, and I could show more about about my life and kind of increase my my following. That's sort of what I'm trying to do. There's some other downsides to it too. Like you get chirped like a shit ton. I'm not gonna lie. Like whether it's people and not even good chirps either. Not the chirps that I spit out. More like the chirps like. Oh, I don't know. I, I hear it all. Like, I'm trying to rip off, like, Letter Kenny. People make fun of my fucking jibs because they're a little <laughs> messed, messed up, which I'm like, yo, that's like a hockey player, right? And then I've, I've had kids, like, literally um, calling me in the middle of the night. Like, um, yeah, like, some guy kind of cheered me. I shut it down sort of early, and then him and his friends were, like, calling. I used to get notifications from Instagram, so one woke me up at, like, 3 a.m. I don't know if they were up late doing nose beers or something, but... <laughs> They, they felt the, the need to call me at 3 a.m. when I was trying to sleep, and I was like, fuck right off. So, I don't know, there's stuff about that, but I think it's if, if you're just having fun and you don't worry about the number, and that's totally what I'm trying to do now because, oh, dude, honestly, the whole, like, watching other people advance for, like, literally doing, like, a, a dance on TikTok and having more followers than you, it's like... It's fucking bullshit. Well, it, it might be, but at the end of the day... Buddy, you're going to give yourself a fucking gripper if that's the stuff you think about. Honestly, I stopped. I stopped even checking my videos now. Like, I post them, and I'll check them, like, three, four hours later. Now, I used to sit there for the first hour and be like, okay, how's this doing for likes and views? And I'm like, buddy, if this is causing you this much stress, don't even, don't even do not, it. It's not worth it. It doesn't become fun anymore. No, no, and that's and that's what I was sort of what, what I think the issue was for me was that I just felt pigeonholed. Like I had to do all hockey videos. I had to do like stuff that I thought could be shared on things, and I, I would take like three, four days to get a video because I'd second guess myself. And I was like, you know what, bud? There's something to be said about just throwing out the consistency. Let everyone else tell you how 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 good it is you know it's already going to be good to begin with i don't go out there being like I, I, it's going to be trash maybe there's going to be some bangers that are better but i know i'm good enough throw it out there you guys decide if it's funny i've recently I had a video that was taking off and it was a video that i did not think was going to do better than me doing hockey chirps but it did so can i get another translation what a, what a nose beers uh i'm joking okay. i know i'm, jo okay. I'm joking i know that one <laughs> i think like, don't make me say it on here <laughs> so you mentioned uh, that you're now kind of wanting to focus a bit more on stand-up can you give us a bit of insider on how you got started yeah um well stand-up was long before my social media stuff so i started probably i don't know 2013 around there like it was when i was in university and uh i knew i was a like i was a guy that just loved making people laugh and, you know, being like a goof. I always did some crazy shit back in high school. And so I just kind of got into it. And then I moved to Toronto to really pursue it full time. And I was just grinding. Like when I first got here, I would do, oh, I don't know, like maybe like 12 shows a week. And I'm, and I'm talking about like, they're not like, maybe one or two of them are good. Like, you're going to, like, fucking pizza parlors and doing stand-up comedy. Most of the comedians aren't even paying attention to what you're saying. They're flipping on their phone for, like, Tinder to try to see, like, a girl that's way out of their league. And they don't have any money to take them out anyways. And they're just spitting premises with their friends. Like, comedians are fucked. 
Like they're like they're literally be like, yo, how about this joke I wrote to another comedian? They're like, fuck off, I don't want to hear your joke. And no one's listening to you. And you're getting home late at like one o'clock in the morning. You're bitter. You're angry. So I did that for a little bit, and then I sort of got an in with um, like a local comedy club in Toronto called the Corner Comedy Club, and it's really where I grew because. I was doing weekend shows. Like, the guy liked me. He saw something in me. I was also, um, we call it barking here. It's like flyering for comedy tickets. Like, uh, I had this one line where people would walk by, and I'd have, like, a, a ticket. I'd be like, do you accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? And they'd be like, what? And I'm like, I'm just fucking around. Live comedy at the corner. And then hand them a flyer, right? So I would do shit like that, and I would get people into... The place. And if you can make a comedy club owner money, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. Like, that's what that's what they need. Because stand-up isn't exactly booming financially, right? Especially if it's, like, a, yeah. a comedy club. So, and then I'm on the, these shows with pros, and I'm like, I have no choice but to do well in these, or else I'm going to stand out as, like, the shitty kid. So I was, like, a lot more, like, probably, like, I toned up, like, my... my not, sorry, the opposite. I was going to say toned down. I definitely, like, ramped up, like, my sort of, like, Canadian stuff. Like, I used to be more like, how's it going there, bud? Like, more of that on stage. Like, are and you then, from the East Coast, bud? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. A lot of people ask me if I was from the East Coast. Uh, I get that a lot. So, then I started kind of just being comfortable up there and being more of my myself. So, that led to then Yuck Yuck's kind of gave me like sort of like a tour because the booker there really liked me and it wasn't i'm not signed with them but they were kind of i was supposed to showcase for them again right before the pandemic hit but they were sending me to alberta british columbia and then on my own i booked stuff in you know british columbia uh on my own and then quebec and i was supposed to go down to the states right before the pandemic hit and start doing stand-up down there. And I had the trip planned out and everything, like the Airbnb, I had the connections. I was told that I was going to be able to get some decent stage time down there. But, yeah, I, that's a fucking was write-off. It, was, that a, was that at, like, a like a Laugh Factory or, like, a... No, it, it was uh, more of a New York stand-up comedy scene. So it was, uh, in fact, uh, one of my buddies is performs regularly at the stand in new york so if you're down there in new york you know these places okay i wouldn't be able to get on the cellar like the cellar is more like people who've you know like fucking chris rock and like louis and shit but um the stand was like one that a buddy of mine he actually saw one of my roast videos uh on the islands he's a huge hockey fan he loved me he was gonna give me uh, an opening spot there so it, it wasn't gonna be like the you know, like the chain comedy clubs, but just the scene and like showing face and you could be able to make connections, uh, down there. Right. Nice. I mean, COVID really fucked a lot of people and it sounds like it wasn't any better for you. Like, but I mean, hopefully yeah. we're, we're coming to a conclusion with people getting vaccinations and yeah. Well, I mean, like in, in theory, it depends how you say that because it actually helped me like work on my social media, which definitely like launched me a lot more, but I've only done four stand up comedy shows since last year. I used to do fucking six a week and now I've done four in a year and they're all outdoor shows. So it's not like people could bring, bring the sauce out there and just start greasing them. So I'm not saying you need to be pinned when you're watching me do stand up, but it certainly helps. And sometimes <laughs> Sober people in a in a park where there's distractions and like I think one Traffic. day we had like a 
Was I? Like, tra- like if there's like traffic or something, like, dude, like, yeah, we had we had people cutting people off, like people swearing, like fuck you, and like literally domestic <laughs> disturbance happening in the park. It's kind of hard to get a to get a a stand up set going when all this shit's going on, but a helicopter flying, you're like fuck me. I think we 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 probably want that recommendation with the pod as well. No, you don't need to be sourced, but it does help. Yeah, you might yeah. get through the episode if you do. It certainly helps a lot of things in life, boys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't don't take that to the bank with you. Trust me. Where where uh, where are you living now? Uh, so right now, I, I actually just moved to like literally right smack downtown Toronto. So I live right at like Bang Grosvenor. So it's like. Yeah, Bay Street, man. I never thought I'd be I'd be living there, but uh, got I got a nice deal on the place and uh, kind of like right smack downtown, close to the old Maple Leaf Gardens. Get a little nostalgic when I walk by there. Start, uh, I uh, yeah. So go like, go leave school, baby. Start start sh- shrieking that out. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's great, man. I, I love the city. Uh, pretty pricey, but uh, yeah, there's always something going on, like when shit's normal i was in uh i was in toronto a few years ago yeah just for a couple of days and i tried to catch a leaves game leaves sorry i forget the word <laughs> one, up. it's not pl- yeah. yeah when to go to when to go to a leaves game yeah no fucking tickets i ended up watching the blue jays <laughs> yeah fuck man they played some team called called, called the fucking baltimore oreos or something oh, like that geez. did you say oreos I thought that's what they were called. That's what they're called, isn't it? For the longest time, I was like, what the fuck is an Oreo or whatever? Dude, I so I only got a job hawking beers at Scotiabank Arena because I, I was like, when I moved to Toronto, I'm like, I'm just going to get this job so I can watch the Leafs games for free. And that's what I did. That's smart. Yeah. You met a couple of people doing the beer game, doing the beer oh, gig, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I talk about the social media, Barack Obama. Like, we didn't really meet, but he was there for the Raptors, looked over at me, I was like, sup, bud, to Barack Obama. To um, Barack Obama, man. I didn't know what else, I, he just looked at me, I didn't know what else to say. And What, what, did, what did he say? He, he just, like, looked back and, like, smiled, that was it. That was, like... It was just like for a, I, I felt like if I said anything else, I don't know, maybe the Secret Service people would just like tase me or something. But uh, yeah, and then I met like, and then I've I've told the story about Danny Alfreds and how I served his underage son <laughs> because I was like, how do you say no to like a national leaguer? I had to look his son up on elite prospects because I didn't know I didn't want to ask for his ID. I was like, oh yeah, this kid's underage, but. It was a good time, man. Like, uh, it I, probably, flies. I probably won't go back to the gig, to be honest, because of the fact that I kind of like vlogging about about the game, why I'm there. I can't really do it when I'm there because I'm, I'm working, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it might be a gig that I don't think I'll go back to, but I'll always remember and, and saw some pretty memorable games there. Yeah. Toronto is cool. I want to I want to go back and yeah. fucking well, at least this time try and catch a fucking a game because the, the Blue Jays were shit. Buddy, you better like get ready to like fucking pay like I don't know like 600 for a couple bleeders just to get into the bar. It's crazy. <laughs> bleeders means you, an, like the the nosebleed so like the the highest seats. Yeah, no, we so I, basically we, you're, you're we, touching we have the that roof. terminology as well. Yeah, we have yeah, that yeah. as well. I'll, I'll ask you when I need the translation. Okay, okay. Where, that's where all the beauties are, though, to be fair. <laughs> I think. All right, boys, let's get into the Q&A. 
Q&A. All right, Rick. So the Q&A is just a few questions so that the listeners can get to know you a bit better. Let's go, baby. So first question, hot or cold? I mean, I'm Canadian, bro. Don't you see the, the maple leaf in the background? Winter's here, buddy. Nothing better. Get a little ODR going. Sip a little Jack Daniels. Stay warm. I'm, I'm going cold, baby, all the time. Beach or mountains? Ooh, you know what? I think I'm going to go mountains on that one. My, my uh, twin bro lives out in British Columbia. I've seen a lot of it. Definitely love hiking. We got, we got great stuff uh, in, in Canada. So mountains, final answer. All right, let's, let's do a bit of sports uh, questions here. So what is your favorite sports team? Well, for anyone who follows me knows, it's uh, the Boston Bruins. <laughs> I'm fucking around. I hate the Bruins. The Leafs, obviously. <laughs> go Leafs, go, baby. Who is your favorite athlete? Well, I mean, of all time? Yeah. Because if we're talking, yeah, about, let's go all if we're time. talking about all time, it was, all time. yeah, Matt Sundane was like, he was the reason why I got into, uh, into hockey, man. Uh, had like a bit of a man crush on him. He led the boys. For a long time. Never got that cup, but I love you, Mats. Always. He's a beauty. Yeah, huge beauty. Which sports team has the worst fans? Don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but... No, 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 no. I mean... Well, I, I can't say the Leafs. I don't... like. <laughs> It's like shitting on your own self. You can't fucking say the Leafs after the first 20 minutes of this. You can't say the Leafs now. Okay, I'm I'm a smart Leafs fan. We get a bit of a reputation for being quite fucking delusional. (laughs) I'll admit that. Um, You know what? I'm going to say the Ottawa Senators. I don't care. Uh, The fact that I've... Like I've been to you to your games. You got the Sens fans. Their biggest claim to fame. They just love chirping the Leafs. And I'm like, first off, you can't even fill your arena. Like ever. Like, even when you guys were in, like, the conference finals, it's, like, half full, the arena. <laughs> you, who did you guys cheer for before you got a team in 92, right? Like, it was, you were probably a Habs fan. You are just like, okay, Ottawa. And to be honest, I don't know. Just a lot of hicks out in Stittsville. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. I've almost gotten jumped by Sens fans so many times, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably just pissed because they have to drive, like, fucking two hours there and back. Yeah. Yeah, two hours. You, you, the barn's like half a pack of darts out of town. You, you tell me that, how that works out. Half a pack of darts out of town. And who wants to party in Canada? Canada, Ontario. What? I'm out. What unit of measurement is this? Half a pack of darts? Yeah, I'm telling you, buddy. That's like 12 and a half darts to get out <laughs> and there and drive in, Stop what out. Stop what out. Yeah. It's greasy, bud. I don't like it. What the fuck? A pack of... A pack of darts has got 19 in them. Well, half a... Okay, well, it depends what you're buying, but pal. I go for the big... When I did smoke, I don't smoke anymore, but I went for 25. So that's 12 and a half darts. That, take, that usually takes me about two hours, so... <laughs> got a bit of a headache right after, but you're good. So what is your favorite sports movie? Ooh, favorite sports movie. Well... I don't, that's a that's a good one. You know what? Maybe maybe I'll go with the Mighty Ducks, the original, Gordon Bombay, quack, quack. huge quack. beauty, quack quack quack. Uh, I grew up on that stuff right there. Um, 
So I love it. I just actually started watching the new uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers on uh, Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I just wanted to check it out. And they, and they give a shout-out to the Leafs on there. But I grew up on that stuff. It's a cult classic, and I love hockey movies. They've had some great ones like Slapshot, which Goon, I mean, those are probably, like, up there, too. That's a cult classic, but I just love anything with, like, the grinding and the banging. Like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Happy Gilmore, too, if we want to talk about that. For me, I, I have to go Rudy. Love a little tearjerker. Yeah, Rudy, what a beauty. Uh-huh. Hey, you know what? Uh-huh. Never stop believing, and that's what, that's what Rudy did. So, What is your favorite cocktail? Favorite cocktail? Man, I've been, do, do I've you been drink, back those... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to hang off the sauce right now, but um, usually for hockey games, I do uh, neutral vodka sodas. This is not a sponsorship deal. I just uh, just love grease. We're, we're gonna we're gonna but, blur it out anyway. We don't do free ads, but continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with you know what I'm gonna go with uh, seizures, dude. Solid for me. It's like what's a Caesar? Oh boys. Oh, you don't know Caesars? Caesars is a Canadian thing. This is so. This is great. Wow. You, do you want to explain it? Oh, yeah. Somebody explain it, please. So a Caesar is tomato juice and clam juice with Worcestershire sauce, Tabasco. Worcestershire. How do we say Worcestershire? Okay, we got Worcestershire and vodka. That sounds fucking grim. But there's people, dude, there's people like... That lit, like when I went to uh, Victoria, British Columbia, did shows out there. They got places that put like pierogies on them and shit, like pickles, like bacon. They'll throw bacon. Like, you could do a lot of things with a seizure, bud. And like the great after a hangover, you know, when you feel like really greasy the next day. So that's probably my yeah, go-to I, uh, cocktail, I, to be honest. Sounds like a fucking soup. <laughs> it's good, but it's like a meal. I uh, I Dude, went to like Croatia and I was meeting my Finnish buddy there a few years back. And I brought him a canned one, and he just had one oh, sip. Yeah. He's like, "What the fuck is this? Tomato seafood?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the cans do it justice, though. To be honest, I've tried greasing them, and like I've had a couple in, in a few parking lots and stuff like that in my in my day. But uh, I don't know. I I think it's like you got to get it like literally made yep. by like a bartender that knows what they're yep. doing. Definitely, just my opinion. Yep. Where did you find your cheapest pint? Ooh, cheapest pint. Okay, let's. I'm gonna go out and say Sir Winston Churchill's in Montreal, Quebec. It, they had um, one night there. They had like a Toonie Tuesday situation going on, and they had like I think it was like two dollar shots, and the pints were also like two bucks. So you would just get pinned there, man. Like I remember, and they don't care. They just keep they keep uh, serving you, right? Like you're just throwing them like a twenty, and you and right there, if you want a tip, you just got eight drinks right there. So definitely had a few blackout nights there. I would say the cheapest I've encountered. Where in the world is your favorite bar? Oh, favorite bar. It's got to well, be the it's got to be the same one. It's got to be the Winston Churchill's for this place. <laughs> That's a good one, but you know what? I'm gonna go with. Uh, when I was doing a little bit of comedy out in uh, British Columbia, I stopped in, in Victoria, BC. Like, that's a place where I've kind of worked my ranks up, and I can sometimes headline some shows out there. There's a place called Big Bad John's, and it's a place where a bunch of beauties go out there, and literally there's uh, peanuts 
all over the floor, like peanut shells. That just because what happens is they give you a huge bucket of peanuts, and then people just start grease them. And you just throw them on the ground when you're done with them. So you're literally walking and like crunching like on peanut shells, but everyone's just there having a good time. So I can't imagine that'd be too sanitary now to do something like that, but. Uh, <laughs> But it was uh, it was a hoot, man. I love that place, man. Something about like sl- like smashing a few pints, like you know, with like peanut shells around. It kind of just seems beauty. When you're on the road, what's something you never travel without? My Nicorette. <laughs> Big Nicky guy. I actually. Yeah, yeah, huge. I used to uh, I used to hawk a shit ton of darts. Like I'd say probably about a pack, at least a pack a day, switch over the vaping. That was just as bad. And it, cause I was just doing it everywhere. And then finally I just started popping in uh Nicorette. So if I don't get it, I start like, I start Jones in like real hard. I'm just like, Oh fuck, bud. Like I need something. So you just toss one of those in, man. You're, you're buzzing. Like, especially like to drink and then have it in my mouth too. It's like a double concoction going, like a little Nicorette soup situation. And your head's buzzing and you're just having a blast. So if I don't have my Nicorette uh, with me, I start freaking out, buds. I think a Nicorette with a Caesar is going to be my new weekend routine. <laughs> I don't know, I get it in ya. Name your top three com- comedians. Oh, top three comedians. Okay, I'm going to go with, so lately I've been really on a, a Bill Burr tear. I I really like his uh, like his stuff. Uh, he's kind of like, I like the, like I'm not a huge comedian fan of like normally like political comedians because I'm just kind of like a storyteller. I just like fucking around. It's, it's just not my style. I've never really been like a political guy or anything like that. So, but I do respect all forms of comedy. So I would say uh, him. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Theo he's Vaughn. Good. Yeah, 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 of course. you've never heard of this guy. Huge, he's hilarious. Yeah, huge beauty, man. He's kind oh, of like, I kind of like me a little bit. Like I see my, I see me and himself, if that's the, if missing that's the, mullet. the right saying. But he's from like Southern, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like Southern, like the United States, right? And he's just got like the kind of like, like, bruh. Like, you know, like. Gang, the, gang. The Denny's bruh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever watch that bit, it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. Like, it, he's just amazing. Like, I, I, I love, I love uh, Theo Vine. So it's kind of, I would say, stand-up comedy. That's sort of the realm I'm trying to go. And also, um, uh, Nate Bargatze. So he's probably not as, like, well-known in the comedy scene, but just a great storyteller. Like, his whole sets are, like, storytelling. That's basically what I do with my stuff. So, um yeah, I would say that, uh, but I mean, I like all forms of comedy, so I'll I'll watch uh, I'll watch anything. You know what I'm saying? Heard of uh, Andrew Schultz? Yeah. Oh, he's he's I I love him. I haven't watched a lot of his uh, live his stuff, but he just got a Netflix show, didn't he? Like he kind of yeah blew up like, yeah. within the last year or two, like a lot. Yeah, on on YouTube, he does a lot of uh, crowd work. Yeah, it's yeah. I just, I just like like the improv portion of it. it it's he's ge- yeah genius in that in that. Uh, yeah, in that, in and that, that, that and when I was talking about growing as a comedian, that was one of the things I was doing at the corner quite regularly. The corner comedy club was they got me to be sort of the in house host, and I loved it. So in fact, like I I post stand up bits now, and I'm trying to get more that have like actual jokes in them because my latest clips are usually just me going into the crowd, and I I love it. Like it's an absolute uh, blast, and then you kind of 
like start like yeah just like riffing a little bit and you get lost up there but definitely crowd work for me is something i love doing when i'm up on stage sid who are you listening to uh comedy wise comedy wise but i i i want a throwback phase at the moment yeah i've been watching a lot of rodney dangerfield oh that is old school i don't know if you remember who he yeah fucking old guy yeah Hey, I don't get no respect around here. Yeah. You know, the guy's funny as fuck. I really like him. Yeah, Chappelle's great, too. I don't know if you guys follow yeah. him. I fucking love his stuff, man. But yeah, Dangerfield's a big... Feels a big, feels a big Chappelle guy. Oh, yeah. Grape drink, grape juice, grape drink, purple yeah, drink. Yeah, I know. He's Chappelle's I mean, I slaughtered like... that, but that's funny as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And he's also just a smart guy. Like, I listened to him, too. And it was actually something that kind of resonated with me with, like, my comedy a little bit was that... He walked out on his, you know, popular sketch show, and then he was just sort of like, he said in an interview that it wasn't until he started doing what he wanted is when he truly felt like, you know, he was enjoying it. So he just left, and then he comes back, and he's great. So it doesn't matter when he leaves, he's always going to come back, he's always going to be great. And that's sort of the way I see it, is that even if sometimes it seemed like I was blowing up more in one hand, it's like, well, no, I've always been there, I'm always great, it's just, you know... I can kind of, like, number one, you guys weren't paying attention, I guess, but number two, it's like, you know, I can come back anytime and do this what I want. Like, and it's just great to, to watch. He's he's a killer. It, it seems like the only thing that changed from before he left and when he came back is he, like, gained weight and yeah. the, the darts started really affecting his voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, he... I don't know too many people in the world that fucking hack more darts than I did. Maybe the the comedy club owner that I worked at, like he had one, like he had darts for like breakfast and shit. But like Chappelle was like, when I watched, I was like, man, how does he fucking do that? Like just dart after dart, kind of beauty though. Like nothing but like you know when you got a raspy voice like that, man. Like oh yeah, took a toll. So I guess on that subject, what's tougher, bombing on stage or quitting darts? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, I'll say your first bomb would be obviously the worst thing in the world, but um, I would say like now that you've had more con- like consistent bombs because they do happen more consistently, just not as bad. Then I would say maybe quitting darts. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've had people like literally like walk out in the middle of my set, and it didn't make me feel too good, especially when you're on the road because then you got to take the take a car home with a bunch of comedians you got two hour drive you have time to think about how badly you fucked up right um but i don't know darts quinn darts like i'm still chewing nicky red so i mean i'm not technically over nicotine but i'm over darts so i think that might be the hardest thing in the world i that i always tell people never get into the darts man because once you're hooked buddy you are hooked hook i'd say darts for sure that's the whole reason to move to a third world country. They become affordable. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Stay away from the darts, eh? Big Sid and Phil. Yeah. Don't do it. Sid, Sid are you still on the darts? Uh, from time to time. Like, yeah. As in like every half an hour. I, I can't do that. <laughs> Rick's a commitment guy. He, he just really commits. Yes. Yeah, dude. I'm like the type of guy. Like I haven't actually hacked a dart in like two and a half years. But if you gave me one right now, just one, in the middle of the night, I'd be going through people's garbages and shit like that, trying to find butts on the ground and stuff. Like, like a fucking like, grizzly bag, like a know. grizzly bag going through the garbages. Dude, I, 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 like, I have an addictive personality, which is one of the reasons why I try to stay away from as many things as possible. 
So, yeah, just because of the fact that I, I love it, man. Like, I can't – I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy, man. So, just say. All right, let's, let's, get, let's get to the next question before we lose, Rick. Uh, next, your, what's your next travel destination? Okay, so next up uh, – well, for, for business, I want to go to um, the States to do comedy. I was starting to get some traction there and some contacts. So, I'm taking places like New York, not necessarily L.A. The comedy scene isn't – as good. New York City has more stand-up comedy clubs in Canada altogether. So I think getting down there and showing face a little bit and trying to, you know, make friends with club owners and build connections down there, uh, wherever can have me. Now, if we're talking about a leisure trip, uh, my partner, is she's from uh, Brazil. Nice. So I absolutely <laughs> positively need to get down to Brazil uh, at some point uh, just to see the family and also the culture there, man, like, some of the photos and videos I've seen looks like one of the most beautiful places on earth. So maybe I'll be a beach guy after I go down to uh, Brazil. To be honest. <laughs> Probably. We'll have to redo the whole Q and a after he's been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We want, we want to get you on after you you've gone to Brazil and come back. We need to hear the stories because there's always stories when you go to Brazil that we've come to learn. Oh, I, I've had my buddies tell me a number of them too. So I'll come back in one hey, piece, boys. Come meet me for a live episode. Oh, absolutely, man. I'll come with you. Anytime. Top five. So this episode story happens in La Belle Province, Quebec, in it Canada. It certainly does. Rick, let's do a top five yeah. of the best things to do in Montreal, Canada. Okay. Five best things to do in Quebec. It's a very... What I'll say, La Belle Province, indeed. It's a, it's a beautiful place. I, I think it's sort of dis, more distinct from the rest of Canada. Um, number one, I'm going to have to say uh, the Peeler Bars. Big Sid, you got that definition already. We know what that is. Yep. Listen, in the dictionary. They're very comfortable uh, in, in Montreal. You know, you walk down there. Uh, it goes like Peeler Bar, Peeler Bar, Church, Peeler Bar, Church. <laughs> like that's St. Catherine Street. I like. I'm not stereotyping people from Quebec or anything like that, but they're very comfortable, and it's a way of, like people go out there. Liberal, and it's definitely everyone in Ontario knows, and the rest of Canada. It's the best. It's the best in in Canada, in my opinion. So um, that would be number one for me. Uh, number two, I go to Habs game. Uh, now, as much as I do not like the Habs, obviously being a Leafs fan, um, you, when you go to the, there's nothing quite like going to a game at the Bell Center. I've been there, Toronto, Montreal, right? The rivalry's there. Everybody, yeah, you got to get on that big Sid. Toronto, Montreal. I I I check my lo- I ch- I check my Lonely Planet translation. There's there's nothing for Habs. What is a Habs? Oh, the, the Montreal Canadiens. So, ah, okay. These ones I know, yeah. Yeah, we sort of, in Canada, we just get like kind of like nicknames for like hockey teams sometimes. You've been around a long time. You even have like your own nickname. So they're the Habs. It's for the, uh, the Habitants. Uh, Les Habitants. Yeah, the Habitants. Yeah, I think, yeah that, that, I think that makes sense. I don't know. I try not to pay attention to those fuckers. <laughs> but anyways, uh, go to a hockey game there, man. You got like... 20,000 French Canadians there. It's it's a part of their it's inbred into their into their very own culture. They're very they're very passionate fan base. I respect them. I don't like them. In fact, like I remember 
I, I went to a game once, and literally when I'm leaving the barn, which is a, a hockey arena for you there, Big Sid, <laughs> almost getting fucking jumped every time. And most of the fact is just because I'm speaking English. And, like, I kind of think that's beauty. That's sort of like a soccer um, Hooligan, yeah. set up. Hooligan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, I would say Montreal are definitely, like, some of the bigger hooligans. So you just learn so much about Quebec just by going to a game and watching a bunch of fucking French Canadian sauce and cheer. So I'll go with that. Um, it's, got, it's the biggest arena as well, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like 21,000 or something, like almost 22,000. So yeah, it's a pretty big barn. Um, I also very much so enjoy old Montreal. So, you know, after a night of just getting pinned in the city, there's nothing quite like going to old Montreal to grab yourself a lovely breakfast and, you know, just soak it all in. Like, I can't even describe, like, the buildings look, like, really old, right? And, like, the, I'm not really, like, a fancy, like, describer of, like, stuff, but it's got, like, this weird, like, stone, like, tile and shit like that. Cobblestone. And, yeah, uh, cobblestone. Yeah, that's the word cobblestone. I I I I, I, I find if if you describe something as cobble streeted and colonial, yeah, you can describe anything. Right, right. So that's kind of what I'm going with. Is that it doesn't like it doesn't look like shit. Is what I'm trying to say. Like you tell they spend <laughs> time. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I I also so. feel like it's a it's a it's a good place. Like in Canada, we don't have anywhere that really looks like Le Vieux Quebec. Or like Le, uh, Le yeah. Montreal, I think yeah. I think it's a good place to like test out to see if you're gonna like Europe because Europe looks largely like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, and that's kind of what I mean about the Peeler bars too, right? It's like a lot of people in 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 like Montreal's like known as like being kind of like very European city and stuff like that. Like the fellows are a little like you know they're they're kind of like flamboyant, like but in a good way, I guess. It's not I guess, yeah, it's a good way. Um, like <laughs> I don't have as much confidence there. Like when I see my boys, like you know, like hug them and and kiss them, I wish I, I had the confidence, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a it's just a great time in in Quebec, man. They're very comfortable, so. So it's it's, it's like it's like Europe. It's like Europe light. Yeah, like yeah. You, fucking, very, you do yeah. this for an afternoon, and you might be ready to go to Europe. Yeah, very very Europe like. Um, if you want, like, just like a good time to like 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 if you got an afternoon with some friends, I've been out to Laurent before. Me and a couple of buddies, we went out there and dropped some uh, zoomers. Uh, aka mushrooms and uh went to uh Laurent and rode the rides and to be honest they got themselves a nice little uh, amusement park man it was a fucking hoot i had a great time um and you know you start peeking when you're up there in the uh right on the roller coaster you got a nice little view of montreal and yeah you definitely feel like some like i felt like i was going to another universe but it was definitely uh a hoot and a half you know what i'm saying <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing you guys do is like popping zoomers and going to amusement parks, but it's on my list. I haven't done it yet, but it will yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. We no, don't have we don't have uh, amusement parks in in uh, in New Brunswick though. Nothing out there, eh? It all went out of business. So we, uh, we usually try to go to uh, La Ronde or um, uh, Canada's uh, is it Wonderland? Yeah. Oh, that's what so, I tried saying. What you just said? Yeah. La, I said La Ronde. Yeah, yeah. La Ronde. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, so you're just, okay, I thought for a second, <laughs> imagine if you guys thought I was talking about completely another amusement park in Montreal, <laughs> that sounds almost exactly like, sorry boys, uh, 
J'ai parlé français un petit peu, you know what I'm saying? So No fucking clue what you've just said. <laughs> My favorite bit you did was uh, if Montreal had a an English coach. <laughs> that, that is so oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, it, to be honest, that was the second time I did it because it was actually relevant because they just fired another coach. So every time it's trending, I'll throw like a new version of it out there. But I just think it's like hilarious because like for... I don't know, for some odd reason, I've talked about this in the pod. Listen, I'm not shit-talking uh, French Canadians. I understand very distinctive, unique culture, but it's like I don't understand how, like, all of a sudden how well you can speak French dictates how good of a coach you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Because you you got, like, you can speak French, you you all of a sudden are more qualified, like, qualified to <laughs> coach a hockey yeah. team? I don't know. I think a lot, a lot of Habs fans have that opinion. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. I want to pull this back traveling wise for a second. Like, <laughs> France is one of the, France yeah. is one of the few places you can go, yeah, where you are treated like shit for not speaking the local language. I spent yeah. about fucking six hours in Quebec, and I got the same fucking treatment. <laughs> yeah. Like it's Europe light, so I was treated like a yeah. light piece of shit. But I was treated like a piece of shit because I couldn't yeah. speak French. It is Quebec is is France light for sure. That's a good way of putting you know? it. And, and and you know what, like. But yeah, just to finish off the other thing, it's like I never knew. Like I, 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 it turns out I don't even need to take like a like learn skills how to coach. I just gotta take a fucking French test to determine if I could be a coach. Like I just think that's crazy. But anyways, I'm not trying to chirp. Like, but it's I, I think it you're allowed to is. chirp, right? Isn't so, your your dad's from Quebec, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. My dad's my dad's from Montreal, so I spent a lot of time. Like he would take us to the bars. Well, I mean, I didn't go to the bar. My dad just dropped us off downtown. When I was like 16, so that's how I got really into this town in the first place. And I and I'll say, man, North America, one of the best places to party in in the world. So he's from there. Spent a lot of time there growing up. So I know a little bit uh, about about the culture. So finally, I got just sort of like the club scene in general. Like like I said, we were we were talking about very European, like. Um, you could find some really nice spots, like especially on like Rue Crescent and just some like nice hip spots where you're walking around, whether it's like a place with like live ba- live bands, you know, um, there's a, there's a, a one place like that I used to go to, I think it was like Tuesdays or Thursdays. I forget which it's a day of the week. I don't know, but they had a one night where the, where the elderly ladies came out, eh? like the, the cougar nights. And those were always a good time too. So Montreal just has like a terrific, um, bar scene and uh yeah i think mostly the people there that are fish like everyone's kind of cool like if you're not from montreal like you meet groups of other people and yeah just a great time so i would say that that would be probably my top my top five in montreal story time so um Here's the thing. So doing stand-up comedy, uh, I've started traveling a little bit. As as I mentioned, I kind of went on a little bit of a mini tour, spent spent time in Alberta and, and British Columbia. So I got offered to do a gig in Montreal, Quebec. And um, it was at a comedy club called The Comedy Works. But in actual fact, uh, the place ended up burning down a week after I went because of there. how good your jokes were? Or? Yeah, I guess that's what they, when they told me to bring the heat. <laughs> bring I've the overdone fire, it, guys. That's, and I, yeah, yeah, no, I, 
I was literally the last comedian to like host there, I guess, and it was there, so it was it was nuts. And uh, like I said, I was we had a little bit of a door deal, so when I would show up, I would try selling comedy tickets, um, like on the street, just because I'm a hustler. And then I had a girl there that was caught me that I was English, and and she was French speaking, just ring me out a bunch of, in front of a bunch of French people, like you fucking English speaking, and I was like, man. I, like, to be honest, I'm a white guy, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is, I never felt, like, this is the first time in my life where I'm like, holy shit, like, this is what it feels like, bro. Like, I don't speak the language, she's just chewing me out. I was like, man, you fucking Quebec water a little harsh. Anyway, so, I don't know if people ever try to take advantage of the English people. It sort of has to do with my story, but needless to say, when you're in Montreal... I always got a rule where it's like, go out and party. See the city that you're at, even if I'm in a small town. Like It's a good mentality. Abbotsford. Good mentality. I, yeah, Abbotsford had like a fucking food market day, and I went out there and stuff. So anyways, we're all in Montreal one, one day. We went out um, to go party. So um, we, we had entered what I thought like, and I like staying out late, right? So I don't know if it was like a sketchy part of town. Like I hadn't really been there, but we were out in out and around and I'm on a street we're kind of doing a little bit of bar hop and we're getting it's things are getting a little hazy at this point right like I'm, I'm a few uh, you know a few Chardonnays deep and some guy comes up to me right just kind of like I don't know about five six feet away I'm just such a outgoing dude so I'll talk to anybody so he says hey man do you like weed and I was just like oh uh, yeah I like weed and then, he, and then so he responds back, oh, perfect, man. He's like, I got some weed for you. And then I was just like, oh, no, like, I like I don't, like, actually want weed. I was just answering your question, like, if you, because you asked me if I like weed, right? So, <laughs> and then I, I, I shit you not. So at this point, I was just kind of like, what's going on here? So he's standing there, and he's got, like, his hand in his pocket, and he's, like, reaching in. And I start to see him kind of pull out a baggie, but I thought I saw something else, which looked like it could be a knife. And he was just sort of like, okay, man, well, here's the thing. He's like, I got a lot of weed, and I need to get rid of it. So he's talking about how he's kind of, like, like desperate and shit like that. I'm just like, okay, I'm getting robbed here right now. This is totally what's happening. Like, I clicked in. I was like, right? And I was like, so then my mind jumped in. I was like, okay, well, I, I don't think this guy wants to actually make a deal. He just wants money. So I was like, okay, perfect. Like, I had money on me. We were going out. I, I hit a bunch of ATMs. So I just pulled out a 20. And I think that's all I had on me. I had to go hit another ATM. And I was like, here's the thing, man. He's like, um, you know, I don't want any weed, but you can just have this $20. And don't even worry about it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> And then I swear to God, he's staring at the money, stares at the weed, and then looks at me back at the weed, and he says, yo, you sure, man, you even want to try a nugget? I swear to God, that's what he said. So he's trying to get me to buy, and I was like, wait a second, I'm like, this is nuts. Like, this guy earlier in his house, like, he wasn't sitting there being like, I'm going to rob somebody today. He's like, I just really want somebody to buy my weed. You know what I mean? Like, he, he like, I wants confers- confirmation, like, like, is my weed good? Like... Yeah, and I was like, I don't even know if I'm getting robbed, but I'm just getting aggressively pressured into supporting a local business. Like, you know what I mean? So, local so I just, business. Yeah, so so I just basically gave him the twenty dollars, and I just took the nugget of weed, and that was the end of it. So <laughs> I ended up like straight up just chucking the things. At this point, I was like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know the guy very well. 
Obviously, because he's wrong. <laughs> so I was just kind of like... Oh, because you're not even five seconds on the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to smoke that shit, but I just still don't understand why if someone's trying to rob you, that they would just, like, all of a sudden still give you something, too. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you like, felt bad. It's like Canadian robbing. That's that's <laughs> it, right? So... Did he say please and thank you? Yeah, I'm like, just showing this up to, like... Yeah, please... <laughs> Please and like this guy was just insecure. Like it was literally Canadian robbery. He's like, you know, man, I, it's too harsh for me to literally just take your mic. I gotta give you something at the very least, right? So, yeah, he didn't shank me or anything like that, but I just gave him twenty bucks, and he's like, oh, thanks a lot, man. That was the end of it, and never saw him again. But to be honest, I hope I hope the business is going well. Like, <laughs> like it sounds like he needed it. You know what I mean? Like, if I was running a business and, like, people weren't, like, buying my stuff, I don't know that I would fucking hold a knife up to someone's neck and be like, yo, buy this right now. Come to my fucking comedy shows, you come. I mean, that guy's just a really passionate businessman. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) he just wants his business to boom. So I respect that in the sense. I would say maybe try to become, like, a little bit better, like, better customer service, right? Like, you don't need to fucking try to kill somebody if they want to buy your stuff. Well, he could... But, uh... He he could always take your Jesus line. Have you heard about Jesus Christ? And then he could sell you the weed. That would be a lot better. I'd go in for that. Pulled that I would have bought the weed. So I like I was there for the whole weekend. It was a great time. But but in actual fact, that wasn't the only fucking robbery that, that happened. And I swear to God, like Montreal, I know it's still a great city because I partied there a bunch of times and nothing but good things to say about it, right? But I was with another friend and we we get a little while we're out together, right? So he wanted to go pick up some extracurriculars and stuff like that. Um I think maybe it was just weed. I'm not sure what else. I don't think it was like fucking nose beers. Don't worry. Ricky was staying clean uh, that weekend. So he goes out and um, so he meets somebody and, you know, he's out and I'm, I'm out there doing my own thing. Sometimes you split up a bit. Like, you know, if you find like a lady or something like that or just whatever you want to go here, like let's meet up. You find people and you just kind of bounce around. And I, I miss that part like since like no COVID now, like just going out with like friends and kind of bouncing around. So he's out and then he, Texts me and he tells me like, um, "Hey man, you, you gotta come come here like right now immediately." So I end up texting him. I don't know how he got here, but it turns out it ends up being some sketchy motel. I don't know what motel is in French, like Le Motel or whatever. <laughs> but fucking, <laughs> this motel is fluent. This guy is outside of the motel. I was just like, "Okay, what's what's going on, bud?" So he tells me that he he met some person. Uh, there and you know they were partying. He was gonna get some like drugs off, and they went back to this place. And then he also ended up getting robbed. And then the person just left. And I guess that the the, the he was locked out of the the room. So I don't know what the fuck happened. I was like, man, this is the craziest shit of like all time. I'm like, I'm also like ha- hazy. So I I had questions. I was like, how did you get here? I don't know if he was like with a girl or like what was going on. But it was a, it was a <laughs> he was outside of a, a motel and he was locked out. So he says, dude, I'm so fucking pissed right now. He says, I want to go in there and grab a TV. And I was like. No, dude. I'm like, we're not going to do that. He's like, yeah, we are, buds. So he sits there and he just like tries hitting the wall. He's like fucking penny falls. Like, right is he, is he like a big guy? 
Yeah, well, yeah, he's a big, he's a big guy, but he's really pinned. So he's not like he's he's not getting anything. He's like bouncing around. We're both just like trash. I'm like, oh no, buddy. I'm like, don't don't do it. So he he does it a second time, and I, like being the hockey guy that I am, I was like, all right, buddy, this is how you throw fucking bod. Right? I'll show you, right? So I tried throwing a nice little Nick Cronwall body check. I fucking knocked the door right over, like off its hinges, and it falls right down. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, we asked you did this, and we were like, pencil. So he runs in there, and he just grabs the TV and unplugs. It's not like a flat screen, but like one of those shitty ones, and he just starts running. Just one of the heavy ones. But they all, but, but they all count. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, it's, a, it's a heavy one, too. I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, you are not just doing this right now. So I... He's like, man, come on, help me with this. I start running, and I'm grabbing the thing with them. And we're just, like, balancing out. Like, dude, I'm like, dude, if you just got, like, like robbed out of some money, when you come back, you're going to get killed. So, like, we have to get the hell out of here right now. <laughs> so we just bolted it probably about, like, I don't know. Then we ended up taking a taxi. Um, <laughs> like, literally. With the TV. Five clicks out of the way. Clicks, that's kilometers. And he just drops it on somebody's front lawn. And then he just fucking dead and peel right out of there. And I was like, you know what I mean? You better hope that, like, Montreal's a big city, but you better hope, like, we're still here for another night. So the next day, I'm just petrified. Like, he wanted to go out and, like, grab breakfast. I'm like, no, like, let's stay in our hotel, like, the rest of the time because I don't want to show face. What if we run into some people? I don't even know who these people look like. I'm going to be down the street. I'm with this guy, and then all of a sudden... What if they have fucking cameras or something? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm like, no, we're staying close to the hotel. The, the, the comedy club is, like, a five-minute walk. I'm leaving the hotel tell like this the whole time like trying to make sure i don't get seen uh we go do our show and that was the end of it but buddy literally after he got robbed he ends up robbing the person back which i guess i could have learned a thing or two because i just got robbed that was the end of it and this guy says no i'm leaving with a fucking television how, how did and, your buddy uh, get robbed or like how, how did the guy like try to rob him um, so I think he was partying with some people. This is what I was kind of hearing, like a, like a guy and a girl and like a few others. And they went back to like some sort of like motel party. I've heard of this happening in like, like Europe before where people will sometimes like, sh- like rob tourists. So we, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they'll come back and he was, I, I guess he met a girl and you know, there's other people like with the girl. I don't know if it was like an inside job, but they obviously knew we weren't from here and so he's chatting up the lady i think he's going back and then there's a couple other people like partying and then all of a sudden he gets there and that's what happens and he just gets like but did he like pull out a knife or a gun or yeah no no yeah it was a knife it was a knife it wasn't it wasn't a gun like canada like things don't really happen with like guns and shit like that so usually we just have to do like a fucking i don't know like a little knife or like a spork or whatever like whatever you got so he he also the guy pulled out a fucking maple leaf yeah, I'll yeah, give you exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it on you. So I think it moved more so maybe he was getting, you know, having a good time with the girl. I think maybe she was in with like some people to sort of like do that. I don't know who was even staying there at this point because the room was empty. They had left. So I, I assume she was maybe staying there. I don't know if she was like a lady of the evening, to be honest, but don't worry. I won't, uh, I won't, I won't get into the, into the details, but anyways, they were, yeah, they had the place out there. So literally me and my buddy got fucking robbed in one weekend in, in Montreal, both with a knife. And I still love the city. Even that that's like, the type of relationship I have. It's like an abusive relationship. Montreal <laughs> does a number on me, but you know what? I'm coming back every single time st- stronger than ever. So we were like, 
to be honest, because we were like pretty like pinned, it wasn't really a traumatic experience for us. Like, I mean, you would think like obviously something that gives you like PTSD, like you're about to get like robbed. But for us, it was like we're comedians, so I think like anytime something like that happens, we sort of like laugh and we're like, okay, we're gonna make a joke. I've already talked about this story, like on on set before like my story at least like getting robbed i call it the literally the polite canadian uh <laughs> robbery like, so you make stories of it and, and when you're kind of like liquored up and you, it's not like we were like you know at home like snug and someone came in there right like we were you know lighting up the town so it happens i, I think it's it's a strong lesson because i think a lot of people that aren't from Canada would look at Canada as a place that's very safe. That's maybe because yeah. of compare contrast with the people from the South, just in, in, yeah. in North America. But yeah. it's, it's a good reminder to be like, Hey, it doesn't matter if you're in Montreal or you're in Istanbul, you have to really use your, your, your common sense and you need to be cautious. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think where we differ was, and I've, I've like made like a joke about this is that literally in Canada, you get more, like we don't care as much who you vote for. You literally get in more shit for being a Leafs fan than like, <laughs> like who you voted for. Like in, in my opinion, like I've never, like I've gotten like either like, you know, like jumped or like sworn at for, for being a Leafs fan way more than I've ever like saying like, Hey, I voted <laughs> true. No. Right. So we're not, we're not as nuts like in that kind of way, but 100%, it's not like, we're some sort of place where everyone's holding doors for you and nobody's like, you know, thinking about taking advantage of you. Like people, they're still like all the shit. On the holding doors thing, I will say this. At having left Canada for an extended period of time and coming back, I've noticed that we hold doors for ridiculous amount of times compared to anywhere else yeah. in the world. And I mean, that stereotype yeah. is true. And the smaller the town, the longer the person's willing to wait. Like for like for like... <laughs> Yeah, for like yeah. an hour sometimes. Like, <laughs> like oh, what, yeah, what, yeah. What's, what's the what's the unit of measurement? A half pack of darts. Yeah, she'll hold it for that time. No problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a half pack of darts. Well, I literally, it was actually my biggest like video reel I've ever posted. It wasn't even a hockey video, but it was literally how people think Canadians are. Like, it was hoping opening the door, and the two people are sitting there just like. Are you like you go first? No, you go first. And then it's like how Canada actually is, and it was the exact same video. <laughs> I just posted it twice. So in a sense, I do agree. Like with that kind of stuff, like polite and being manners, it is sort of like engraved in our culture. But to say that like you know there isn't like crime that happens here, buddy, it's it's ridiculous. Like you know what I mean? We have our issues as well. Well, Rick, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on. So can you tell the people where they can find you find you on the internet? Yeah, hey, no worries. Big Sid, Phil, you guys are absolute beauties. I had a I had a blast on here. And uh yeah, if you guys want, you can follow me on uh uh on my socials, Rick Rally3. That'd be like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, kind of all across the board. I just go by Rick Rally3. I am the, the third of the kind. Um I also uh, got my own podcast called The Beauty Sauce. Uh right now it's just me talking. When I get guests on there, I'll definitely start I'll bring these beauties on. And I uh, mostly just talk about hockey and Canadian, all things beauty. So, I I, I really appreciate that, Rick. The, the 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 last person that called me a beauty was my mum. So thank you. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buddy. I'm here for you. Two beers till takeoff podcast is performed and edited by Phil and Sid. 
If you liked what you've heard on this podcast, we'd greatly appreciate you leaving us a review and a comment. Follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Two Beers Till Takeoff, two being the number two, for additional content. Do you have a crazy travel story that you'd like to share on the podcast? Hit us up in our DMs for your chance to be on the show. All music heard on this podcast is provided by Rocker. You can find more of his work on his Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube accounts, spelled R-O-C-K period E period R. Again, that's R-O-C-K period E period R. And a big thank you goes out to Finland's own Leo K for performing voiceover.